The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The Lord Jesus appointed 72 other disciples whom he sent ahead of him in pairs to every town and place he intended to visit. He said to them, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Go on your way. Behold, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Carry no money bag, no sack, no sandals, and greet no one along the way. Into whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this household. If a peaceful person lives there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in the same house and eat and drink what is offered to you, for the laborer deserves his payment. Do not move about from one house to another. Whatever town you enter and they welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God is at hand for you. The Gospel of the Lord. The man whose memorial we celebrate today was given the name Ferdinand at his birth. And now you're all looking at me, but Father, it's St. Anthony. His given name, however, was Ferdinand. And young Ferdinand discerned a vocation to enter and pursue religious life with the Augustinian communities in Portugal. He entered the monastery. He dedicated himself to his formation and quickly encountered a problem. His family loved to come and buy and visit. So much so that it became for him a distraction, a very pleasant distraction, but a distraction all the same. And the custom really was families living in the area would take great delight in going to the religious houses and visiting their sons who were stationed there. And so on a regular basis, a couple times a week, family members would come by, he would receive them with great joy, and quickly he began to realize that good as this is, pleasant as this is, it is pulling me out of my vocation. I have come aside to seek God, not to be a good host. And so he petitioned his superiors and was given permission to relocate to an Augustinian house further away, where likely nobody would come to visit him. And it's not that he didn't like his family, it's that he knew that the Lord was calling his heart to a certain single-mindedness in seeking after the things of heaven. And he wanted nothing, especially good things, to pull him away from that. He understood that sometimes the greatest temptations are not toward obviously sinful behaviors, but to take something that is good 
and value it more than a greater good. And so as much as he loved his family and being with them and near them, he also knew that this was preventing him from following fully the call that God had marked out for him, which was the greater good. And so in the other monastery, he was free to devote himself to prayer and to his studies, and he engaged these things with an incredible relish. He took great delight in it. He mastered the interpretation of sacred scripture. He mastered the fundamentals of Catholic theology. He cultivated a way of teaching which was very, very effective. And while he was there, the monastery did receive visitors of a very different kind. A handful of brothers from a new religious community sought shelter in the monastery one day while they were traveling. They were from an odd community founded in Italy by a man named Francis. They were poor, they were new, and yet they had grown tremendously and they were active. And these men began recounting tales of a handful of their brothers who went to Morocco to preach the gospel in the Muslim land and the persecution and the difficulties they experienced and something stirred in Anthony in Ferdinand's heart and he was attracted by the simplicity and the austerity and yet within it the joyfulness of this way of life and the way they were willing to go out to proclaim the gospel which was an urge that he felt within him. And so he expressed his interest and his confreres, his religious brothers, laughed at him. Why would you turn from the stability and the order and the success that we have here for the sake of this odd novelty? And yet he again discerned that the greater good was to pursue this movement that the gospel was clearly calling him to. And so oddly enough, he who didn't want to be a host in hosting these Franciscans felt the call now to move again. And so he found the Franciscans in Portugal, entered them and took the name Anthony. And Taking that name, he moved in short order to try to join his brothers in Africa, in Morocco, preaching the gospel, and he got sick and couldn't go. And so as he's returning home, a storm comes up in the Mediterranean Sea, and instead of landing in Spain, he washes up in Italy. It's a remarkable series of events, but arriving in Italy, he sought out those areas where Francis himself, who was still alive, was active. And he was received into one of the religious houses where Francis was. And in receiving the new brother, they asked him about his background and what he would do. And the remarkable thing about Anthony is he said nothing about his scholarship nothing about his studies, nothing about how talented he was. He volunteered to be the guy who washed the dishes after dinner every night. 
And so he entered this community not wanting to draw attention to himself. He was content to be around these very holy men who had founded this community and learned from them. He was not interested right now. He who went to be a preacher is content to silence his voice and to humbly serve in the kitchen. And he never said a word about all of his background and all of his qualifications. We see here this remarkable element of his character. He so valued the greater good that he even bracketed what many would say is the great thing about himself for something higher, a poorer, a simpler, a humbler way of living and of serving. And it is out of the service of the table of his brothers that something remarkable happens. There is a meeting in the house between a group of Dominicans and the Franciscans. The two young communities are strategizing how to work together in certain areas. And it turns out that there's a conference scheduled and no one to give it. And for whatever reason, somebody dragged Anthony out of the conference, out of the kitchen, and said, Why don't you just say a few words to the guys? The speaker who was supposed to be here didn't show up, and we just need somebody to kill a little time. Don't worry, it's not a big deal. Just go and say something. And so Anthony very nervously stepped forward and began to speak. And by the time he finished, the uniform consensus in the room was, where have you been hiding all of that all this time? His words stirred the hearts of these missionaries in a way that their hearts had not been moved before. Even Francis himself was stunned. And it was out of that that the great ministry of Anthony's preaching and teaching really begun. But again, note the irony that once again, it's hosting somebody that provokes a change in Anthony. First, the hosting of his family opens his eyes that the Lord is calling him to something else. And then it is the hosting of those Franciscans that open his eyes once again that the Lord is calling him to something. And then finally, it is the hosting of these Dominicans that provides the occasion for him to step forward and reveal the gifts that were hidden beneath his humility. Note the power of hospitality. Note the power of being willing to receive someone from outside. And note how listening to that experience is often a key to helping us discern our real vocation, to discern what the will of God is for us. It's a remarkably beautiful example. And here then, Anthony now is commissioned to be the great preacher, the one who will travel, the one who will announce the one who will move the hearts of many and be responsible for the theological training 
of the young Franciscans joining the order. The man who cleaned the kitchen and washed the dishes is now the one in charge of the spiritual formation of so very many. What a remarkable example. And note again how it sits on a value of the simple, the ordinary, and the regular, and not being in a hurry to move too quickly beyond those things. And that the more fully one embraces those fundamental and basic things, the more effective one will be later when the time to step forward arrives. And so it is now that Anthony begins to preach. And his preaching is effective and from time to time is attended by miracles. The conversions are many, his doctrine is clear, and he has the remarkable ability to take the great truths of the faith and explain them clearly, accurately, and yet so simply that even those without education can easily follow and easily understand. The simplicity of the kitchen in no small measure, the simplicity of the dishwashing in no small measure, makes his preaching that much more effective. He never preaches as the great preacher. He preaches as the guy who worked in the kitchen. Brilliant as he is, eloquent as he is, there's a marvelously accessible simplicity about what he does. And so finally, toward the end of his life, we come to that moment for which he is so famous. Now, how many of you, be honest with me, have said that prayer? Anthony, Anthony, or depending on where you heard it, Tony, Tony, please come around. Something's lost and cannot be found. <laughs> For hundreds and hundreds of years, variations of that prayer have been said. And it has a couple sources because there were moments when Anthony would be studying or praying and people pass by his room. They would recount the experience of seeing what seemed like a child, the child Jesus speaking with him as he was reading, as he was working. And Particularly, this happened when Anthony was praying out of the book of Psalms. And he had a very particular book of Psalms that he prayed with. This is before the printing press, so if you had any kind of a book, it was very valuable. And he had this one book that had the Psalms in it. And it also had all of his notes for if he was teaching or explaining the Psalms. It was all right there in the one book. And it turned out that one of the young friars had a vocation crisis, decided he was leaving the Franciscans, and as he left the convent, he took a number of things with him, including Anthony's Book of Psalms. Anthony prayed. He prayed about the missing book. He prayed about the missing notes. He 
prayed about all the work that went into that book and all the study and all the preaching and teaching that came out of it. He simply prayed about those things. And a short time later, his lost book reappeared at the convent in the hand of the young man who left with it. And the young man, whose vocation was apparently lost, re-entered the Franciscans. St. Anthony, the one who finds what is lost, is not merely the one who finds things that are lost. Because of his prayer, a vocation that seemed to be lost was restored to the church. We don't often talk about Anthony in that way. And it's vitally important to recognize that when we speak of the lost, it's never just things. Our sons and daughters can be lost. Members of our neighborhood can be lost. We ourselves can find ourselves so very, very lost for a variety of reasons. One of the compellingly beautiful elements of the example of Anthony is that the very essence of preaching stems from the mission of Jesus to seek and save what is lost, or more specifically, who is lost. The very task of preaching, especially in the manner of Anthony, is to bring Christ, whom souls are seeking and don't know how to find, near so that they can encounter him and know him. And the great preoccupation of his teaching and his preaching was not simply to console us when objects are lost, but to be that one whose prayer is most effective when people are lost, when we are lost. What a beautiful way to think of honoring the example of Anthony and his feast day is to think about perhaps somebody we know who is confused, lost, wayward, and to simply ask his intercession for that person. As much as we pray, and we rightly do, when we lose something important to us, it is even more important to pray when we lose someone who is important to us. Amen.